Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. This show is sponsored by Diet for Health, who offer nutrition consultations worldwide for people struggling with weight, chronic illness or willpower. Owner Jill Brook is a long-time nutritionist, researcher, autoimmune patient and LDN advocate who specialises in stubborn bodies and difficult cases. She listens closely, offers practical strategies and cares like you are family. Today I'd like to welcome back Jill Brook, who's a nutritionist and researcher, and she has an amazing case study which she had published with Dr. Leonard Weinstock. Hello and thank you for joining us, Jill. Hi, Linda. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. So tell everybody your your case and how sick you were and all the different things that you try to get better and how you are today. Okay, well, thank you. Well, yeah, so um, I, I guess in this lifetime, I had been hoping to get famous for being talented or smart or beautiful or something. But instead, uh, a case report about me has just come out in BMJ case reports. And it is about my story of making a pretty good um, recovery from what was a pretty bad illness. So I'm, I'm really lucky. Um, Dr. Leonard Weinstock was the first author and, um, and he really helped me amazingly and LDN played a big part of it. So I guess, I guess to start with, um, I just had a very slow decline and starting in high school, I started having weird symptoms. It got painful to sit still. I would tell people that it felt like the blood was it was all sinking from my head to my feet. I felt like my head didn't have enough and my legs would hurt from too much. Um, I stopped sweating. I started having a lot of discomfort. My face would turn bright red a lot. My digestion got worse, but it was all very slow. And so there was never anything that was sort of a, a big enough concern to make a big deal out of it. But it just gradually got worse and worse to where by the time I was 40, I couldn't drive 10 minutes home from work without pulling over to just lay on the ground and put my feet up. And in between clients, I'd have to lay on the ground and put my feet up. And, you know, I saw I saw boy dozens of doctors and nobody was ever able to really figure anything out. So I just kind of kept on keeping on. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate who are listening that, you know, you you so slowly get worse that you don't even realize how bad you are. 
And looking back at it now, I kind of have to laugh. You know, I was so fatigued that getting dressed all at once was too much. So I would, you know, get dressed, you know, the lower half of my body at one time and then rest an hour and then get dressed in the upper half. (laughs) And sometimes just lifting my arms would be so tiring that I'd have to kind of psych myself up to do that. You know, like, okay, lift now. Okay, now, now. And looking back, I realized how abnormal that was. But at the time, it was such a slow descent into feeling rotten that I didn't really think too much of it. Um, And, you know, as I'm sure you know, you see enough doctors who don't find anything wrong with you and you just start to think you're crazy and pathetic and your self-esteem kind of takes a dive. And that makes you even less likely to seek out help. So... Um, so after 17 years, I finally got a diagnosis of, uh, POTS and mast cell activation syndrome. And so POTS is when it was kind of just what I had been describing your blood pools. So your head doesn't get enough blood. And so your brain kind of freaks out and does all kinds of crazy things, not getting enough blood. Um, you start to kind of faint and not be able to focus your eyes and standing up is tough. Um, the mast cell activation is when you sort of act allergic to all kinds of things that, that you shouldn't be. And so I was kind of a mess. I just kind of had all sorts of things wrong with me. Um, And I felt pretty bad about it because I thought a lot of it was in my head. And I know that that's a situation that a lot of POTS and mast cell patients have. And so it stunk. It really stunk. Mm. (laughs) And 17 years is a long time, isn't it, to wait for the diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, And luckily... Luckily, I find it interesting to research medical stuff. And so in the end, um, I, you know, I basically Google doctored myself and then was able to um, refer myself to the Mayo Clinic where they confirmed it. So at that point, I was just happy to not be crazy. And um, they had me try a whole lot of things and none of them helped very much. Um, but at the time, like I said, just, just not being crazy was, was good enough. Um, but I kept getting worse, which in some ways was bad and depressing, but in some ways it was good because it provided more clues. And when I started fainting constantly, that was maybe able to get the attention of enough doctors to do a little more testing and get to the bottom of things. Um, but I have to say that I try at one point I was on 28 pills per day. I think it might've been even a few more and I wasn't feeling better. And so honestly it was, um, it was attending the 2015 LDN conference just online that completely changed everything for me. That was really a turning point. And, um, and so I have to thank you because at the time I didn't know you or anybody at the LDN Research Trust, but seeing some of those, a number of the presentations 
um, presentations by Tom O'Brien and Leonard Weinstock and um, I think Jill Callahan and Thomas Cowan. And it completely opened my eyes to so many things that ended up being relevant. And um, so I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you find these people who are ahead of the curve on all this research, but that was a real game changer for me. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about repairing your body? I think that's a good way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so at, at that point, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't eat. I couldn't use the bathroom without fainting. I was in just so much pain, nerve pain and other kinds of pain. I, I couldn't stay in one position um, because whatever, I, I was allergic to physical pressure. So if I, you know, would sit on my butt for five minutes, it would puff up and be painful. So I was kind of a mess. I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing I did was I, I learned about LDN after the conference. And because I had all these crazy allergies, I was afraid to take very much. But um, after learning about LDN, I actually called the um, Dr. Gila Handler at um, at LDNDoctor.com because I was in Alaska. I was I was heat intolerant, so I had moved from California to Alaska, where there were no doctors who knew anything about LDN. And so I took a chance, you know, I thought, oh boy, internet doctor, what am I doing here? Mm. Um, and she was absolutely wonderful and knowledgeable and very helpful. And I got a LDN prescription through her and I just took a very tiny amount because I was afraid of having allergic reactions to everything. But it was amazing because within one day, all I can say is I just felt a little more psyched and, you know, at I had been pretty depressed and in pain and hopeless. And so that was a big deal. That, that gave me hope. Um, even just that tiny amount of LDN. And after a few more days, it helped with my pain and my energy and my mood. And it kind of gave me the energy to keep researching and pursuing more solutions. Um, and like the case study explains, um, the LDN started me turning around. Um, a little more researching got me using IVIG, which is a therapy where other people's antibodies, uh, I guess uh, if a thousand blood donors or 10,000 blood donors, um, if you collect all their antibodies and mix them up and clean them and then infuse them into my bloodstream, that's IVIG. And that was also a really uh, almost miraculous thing for me within a few days. Um, and then after that, I kept increasing my dose of LDN because I was a lot less allergic to everything. And the amazing thing was that every time I would increase my dose of LDN, I'd feel a whole lot better. Um, and in a lot of different ways, um, the expected ways. So things like inflammation, 
went down and my energy improved and my mood improved. Um, but the thing that really was a bit of a surprise and a happy surprise was how much it helped my digestion. And since then, um, Dr. Weinstock's research has shown me why, and it's all written in the BMJ case study article. But what Dr. Weinstock writes about is how in people who have motility problems, um, so in a lot of POTS patients, they have gastroparesis or they don't have the right kind of um, peristalsis in their intestines. It, it slows down. So instead of food moving through at the right bead, it kind of gets stuck there, which can lead to all kinds of problems, um, including SIBO and discomfort and stomach aches and things. Um, LDN can help um, trigger a, a more healthy motility. And so um, what really ended up being miraculous, I think, for me is that for at least POTS patients who are in my situation where it probably has an autoimmune foundation, that LDN can help in at least three different ways. Um, as Dr. Weinstock writes in the, the paper, it can help with autoimmunity, inflammation, and gut motility. Um, which also serves, you know, better gut motility means getting rid of SIBO. I, I also learned that I had SIBO, the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is not only really uncomfortable and gives you stomach aches and it's gross and smelly and it can um, kind of have a bad feedback loop and increase autoimmunity and inflammation. So getting rid of that is a really big deal. Um, for, for I think a lot of people, and certainly in my case. Um, so so LDN was, was kind of magical in all three of those ways for my, my situation, and possibly for a lot of other people like me. Um, and I have to say that Dr. Weinstock is, is amazing for figuring all this out. And so I hope if there's any other dysautonomia patients or POTS patients listening, that they'll look him up and look up his research on all this. Mm. He's like an investigator, isn't he? He likes to gather all the evidence and then he tries to crack the case. <laughs> he is. He's just amazing. I've heard him say in some of his lectures that he wants to solve syndromes. He considers mm -hmm. Syndrome's a dirty word because they don't have explanations and oftentimes the patients don't get respect for having syndrome. So he's, he's such a hero in my eyes. Um, and, and his research really, um, I feel like, is going to help a lot of dysautonomia patients. Mm, definitely. Could you tell us a bit more about the IGV? Is that the right way round? Yeah, IVIG. It stands for intravenous immunoglobulins. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so as I mentioned, it is a, a, I hope I'm saying this right, a blood product where they take donated blood and they just take out the antibodies. 
and from healthy people and they clean them and they combine them from a lot of different donors. And then um, I think there's different schedules you can do it on. My schedule is that every four or five weeks I go to an infusion clinic and I sit there for about five hours. Wow. Well, a long I time. Have... Yeah. Although I'm actually pretty fast. Um, I, I'm the, actually the fastest person I've ever heard of. A lot of patients, they cannot tolerate it very fast because they get bad headaches and other side effects. Mm -hmm. So some people would have to go five days in a row for eight hour days. Goodness. So it's, pretty invasive and it's pretty grueling. It can have some um, bad side effects. A lot of patients claim that they feel like they were hit by a truck or that they have a flu for the following week. Um, I think there is a little bit of risk of blood clots and kidney problems. Um, that being said, um, for me, I, I can't believe how within just a few days time, I felt like a completely different person. I could, um, I could be upright without fainting. My nerve pain just kind of went away. Um, I had had really loud ringing in my ears for a decade and it just disappeared just one day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that I'm unusual and I've been told, you know, that I should not compare my, reaction with other patients who have dysautonomia or POTS or mast cell activation because I think typically other patients who've received IVIG for this, um, if it does help them, it might take, you know, as long as six months to know about it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm not sure what it is about my case, but I was very, very lucky um, and I have to say I was even luckier than I, than I looked to have gotten it because it's, it's not easy to get IVIG. It's very expensive and it's hard to get, um, insurance companies to pay for it. Um, and the only reason I got to even try it was that I fainted in my doctor's office in Alaska. And when I, uh, when I came to, the doctors said that they had a dose of IVIG that was um, left over from some other patient who had not shown up for an appointment, and it was expiring the very next day. And so they were going to have to throw away this very rare, very expensive treatment. Um, but the nurse was willing to stay late um, and I think of her as my guardian angel, yes. Betsy, who she stayed late. She canceled an appointment with her husband for, for a date and, um, instead infused me with this. And within a couple of days, I was a different person. Um, and so I don't know if the LDN played into that or if I just have something a little different than most patients, but um, it was very, very lucky. So did you have the IVIG before LDN or after? So I was on one gram or one milligram of LDN for about two months. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And then I started the IVIG. And then um, my my medication sensitivity went away. So I I worked up to two milligrams LDN and felt better. And then I worked up to three milligrams and felt even better. And then 4.5 milligrams and felt even better. And then that's where I have stayed. Mm-hmm. And does your insurance company pay for it now? You know what? They do not. And um, I haven't gone to a lot of work to try to get them to because um, I haven't found it to be very expensive. And I'm just so grateful to be standing in here that I I have to admit that the insurance piece of the puzzle still scares me, especially with politics and, you know, changes that might happen. And so I have not tried to change anything. I have, um, I have felt grateful to have what I have Mm -hmm. and I haven't wanted to mess with anything. So I still talk to um, Dr. Handler at LDNDoctor.com every six months. And I still get my prescription through her um, because my other doctors, um, they don't mind that I'm on LDN, but I don't think they understand it. And, um, and so I haven't wanted to burden them. And um, Dr. Handler always gives me great other tips as well about other things that I can do. So I kind of enjoy talking to her every six months. Um, and I have to say, you know, talking to a doctor and getting that refill from the comfort of my living room, just with an app on my phone is amazing. So it's kind of worth it just for the convenience alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and how easy is it to get, you said it, uh, that the IVIG is expensive and rare. So when you wanted to have your next dose, how easy was it? to obtain a prescription for that? Well, that's a really great question um, because I think that's where, unfortunately, a lot of patients are getting stuck is how to get IVIG because right now POTS, I don't don't think POTS even has a diagnosis code. And the way it works in the U.S. is that I think various treatments are approved for various diagnostic codes. So the fact that POTS doesn't even have a diagnostic code makes it really tough. Um, so I, I had mentioned, I think, that one of my problems was um, sort of an allergy to physical pressure, mm-hmm. where um, anytime I have pressure on any body part for more than a couple minutes, it would get hives and it would get puffed up and painful for days. And um, so that's called delayed pressure urticaria, angioedema. I think I got that right. And so just completely coincidentally, that diagnosis did qualify for IVIG with my insurance company. And so I got a bit of a twofer. Um, I, I just, just by luck happened to have two problems that were both helped by IVIG and it was the other one that was covered for insurance. And so right now, as far as I know, um, most of the patients who have been able to receive IVIG have, um, have a comorbidity or another diagnosis that does 
qualify them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's research going on at Harvard right now um, with IVIG for small fiber polyneuropathy, where that kind of covers the dysautonomia, the autonomic neuropathy, and then also some other kinds of neuropathy. And they found that IVIG helped something like 77% of patients who had this. And so I feel like the research is coming along, Mm -hmm. but I, I don't know how long it will be before there's enough that, you know, insurance is covering it. And so you have to say as a, as an LDN fan and also as a nutritionist, um, if I could not get access to IVIG, I would personally be doing everything I could to make sure I got to have LDN, but also that I was doing everything for gut health because, Mm. you know, as Dr. Tom O'Brien talks about in the LDN yearly conferences, that autoimmunity really starts in the gut. And there's so much we can do for gut health that can halt, maybe even reverse autoimmunity, that um, if if I had it to do over again, I would actually do all that before IVIG because IVIG has scary side effects. Um, Fixing your gut health is just a bunch of healthy things that everybody ought to do anyways. Mm -hmm. So what do you do nowadays eating-wise to keep your gut healthy and happy? So the first thing I do is just eat clean. And by clean, I mean things that nature intended. So kind of even taking that to the to the highest level. So it's not just avoiding packaged processed food, but also avoiding foods, for example, avoiding chicken that has been um, raised with antibiotics and hormones um, in the factory feedlot conditions, um, avoiding dairy that has been um, raised with a lot of, you know, chemicals and antibiotics and hormones. So really, really eating as clean as possible, um, making sure especially to avoid any artificial sweeteners, which have been proven to really um, cause dysbiosis and problems with your gut bacteria, avoiding gluten, Um, Dr. O'Brien is amazing with his research at showing how absolutely everybody, even if you don't think you have a gluten problem, you get a little bit of leaky gut from gluten. Um, I'm making sure to eat fermented vegetables every day. I don't like them. They taste so bad. Uh, But kimchi and sauerkraut and some of those. Um, Making sure to eat a really wide variety of vegetables. Because um, I think Dr. Dr. Thomas Cowan is great about always talking about how um, we humans, we, we kind of evolved to eat just a huge variety of different plant foods. And nowadays, the average American, I think, only eats something like, oh, I might get this number wrong, but something like only, only 20 different vegetables in a year. It's kind of crazy. Um, And each kind of healthy gut bacteria thrives on a different kind of plant food. Mm -hmm. So so getting in a really wide variety of those. Um, 
Also, um, making sure not to overdo the salt when possible, because um, that can affect your gut bacteria. Um, not overdoing the sugar, you know, avoiding sugar as much as possible. Um, things like managing stress, getting enough vitamin D, getting enough omega-3s from sources that are as clean as possible, like... Um, uh, Alaska wild salmon. It's it's getting harder and harder to find clean fish, so that's a little bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, basically just trying to eat a really huge variety of plant foods and keep the eating really clean with some fermented foods. I would say, um, and having done an elimination diet to figure out which foods don't seem to work for my gut for whatever reason. Um, which is probably something everybody ought to do anyways. Um, but, you know, as you can tell, these are all completely harmless habits that are healthy anyways. And so, you know, even if you don't have an autoimmune disorder or even if you don't believe that gut health is at the the heart of your issues, it's it's completely worth a try to, to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And you also have your own business where you can help and support other people in their journeys, how would they contact you, Jill? Um, so I have um, a website, Nutrition with Jill, that is my my blog and my website that's dedicated to chronic illness and autoimmunity and dysautonomia. Um, I have my, my old website, dietforhealth.com, was sort of me in my prior life as a nutritionist to healthy people just trying to be their very best. Um, But yeah, in either case, I do phone and Skype consultations. And um, so nutritionwithjill.com has a contact page and um, people are welcome to, um, yeah, contact me or ask me questions. If you want me to write about a new topic in my blog or do some research and write about it, I'm I'm happy to do that. I, I love interacting with other people who are fighting the same battle because um, I know I know how tough it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a quite scary, frightening place, isn't it? When you don't know anybody else who's gone down the same route, and to have help and guidance and support and somebody to speak to is so important because, like you said, you feel you're going crazy. And just to have somebody to tell you, no, you're not, you know, that's just how I was, I understand, is really invaluable, isn't it? Oh, it's so valuable. I don't know how some people do it. Um, You know, I feel like it, it very, very nearly broke me. I don't know if I could have gone one more week without finding LDN. <laughs> and I started from a place of very high confidence. And, um, you know, I was lucky to be a little bit older by the time things got so bad. And so I really do worry for people who are younger or who start from a place of less self-confidence that just just feeling so alone and feeling crazy can be really damaging. And so, so yeah, if there's anybody that I can help to, to get out of that feeling, I would be so happy to do it because I think that's the worst part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, what can I say? We've come to the end of the show and 
It was really interesting as always. We always learn so much from you, Jill. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Like I said, if it weren't for the LDN Trust, I am not sure I would be here today. So thank you, Linda. (laughs) Thank you. This show is sponsored by Diet for Health, who offer nutrition consultations worldwide for people struggling with weight, chronic illness or willpower. Owner Jill Brook is a long-time nutritionist, researcher, autoimmune patient and LDN advocate who specialises in stubborn bodies and difficult cases. She listens closely, offers practical strategies and cares like you are family. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.